Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of that 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, John, and as usual, I'm joined with co-host... Sorry, interrupted you there, Trent. Trent. Um, Thanks for coming. Pleasure. Where's our other co-host? I don't know, the fatherly duties. Or maybe he's reveling (laughs) in the fact that the northern suburbs of Melbourne this weekend are as more empty than they normally would be because all the... Hipsters are down in Tasmania for Dark Mofo. Dark Mofo. Mm, so it's like tumbleweeds and um, you can go anywhere without being uh, infiltrated by bad jumpers and haircuts. <laughs> well, maybe Tim will be returned in a future minute, but we are delighted to invite into this podcast as a guest, the first ever brethren from a movies by minute by movie. We've got Kandra from Fantastic Fox Minute. Yay! Welcome, Kandra. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. Are you a long-time Dirty Harry fan? Uh, no, I watched the movie for the first time about a month ago. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, we're joined... <laughs> that was so fantastic. good. We are joined by a recurring guest from one part of the Spit and Polish podcast, Bartek. Yes, hello. I'm the one that speaks Polish. <laughs> we know this movie is called Brudny Harry in Polish Brudny Harry, yes Brudny Harry Many thanks for joining us We also have returning guest One part, the main part of Confessions of the Idiots Sam Peterson <laughs> Thank you so much And you've already upset the second part of Confessions of the Idiots <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're not here, so it's alright no, Yeah, don't worry about it yeah, yeah. No one else is here No one else is here That's fine It's good to be the only other guest on this podcast <laughs> We're also joined by a Melbourne stand-up comedian, owner of Two Rats, I think. Nah. No? Maybe oh, a No, don't bring that up, because <laughs> that's what all the podcast will be. If you bring that up one time, the dead rats, then that's all this podcast will be. So, <laughs> tread lightly. Maybe a proud basic bitch. Yeah. A dad who does personal injury law and probably advise Scorpio, re-down. What Woo! up, Hammerheads? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What an introduction. Is that a cool thing to call your fans, Hammerheads? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, yeah. So why don't you... <laughs> wasn't sure what to say. Why don't you eat it, Sam? <laughs> why don't you eat my dead rats? Oh, my God. Well, many thanks for joining us, one and all. We're reviewing today Minute 82. The minute begins with Harry telling Chico's wife, I think he's right. This is no life for you two. And ends with the liquor store proprietor asking Scorpio for five sixty nine. What did you think of this minute, Kandra? It was funny. The whole time I was watching this movie, I thought it was going to fall in a lot of those traditional kind of cop 70s cop movie tropes. And this kind of scene where you get to really see from the the antagonist's perspective was really interesting. And how they portray Scorpio is really, really something unusual, I think, for at least my experience with movies from this time period and this genre. Uh, Bartek, you review a lot of trash 
Oh God! They're called they're called <laughs> unappreciated masterpieces. Please. Have you encountered any villains like Scorpio in your movies? Um, yeah, there have been a few nefarious villains. Some of them played by Ben Kingsley. <laughs> Most of them played by Ben Kingsley. Yes. Who's Ben Kingsley? Oh, he Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. Gandhi. Gandhi. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually I know played who. Gandhi in real life, not in the film. <laughs> <laughs> he played Gandhi for many years. That was later revealed. So I know who you're tip. talking about. Yeah. He's Speaking bald. of British Ben Kingsley, Kandra, did do these bro- bl- bricks look British to you? The red brick. Oh yeah, yeah. Very post World War Two. Do you find a lot of these brick edifices in uh, your part of the states, Kandra? Um, can't say that I do. <laughs> Have you thought about it before? <laughs> Could you get a report on the bricks? Yeah. Not at all. I'll get you a spreadsheet. It's going to be fine. You know, I thought very hard about like what we'd talk about. I wasn't expecting the bricks, to no, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Always the first thing that comes up. I want to talk about her her coat. Her vinyl coat. That's exactly it's where really my nice. It's stunning. Stunning. Would you wear that, Ray? Yes, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> that is true. Well, yeah, it's a nice coat, isn't it, Trent? Oh, delightful. I, I want one exactly like that. Is it vinyl or is it leather? Pleather? It's green. <laughs> well, oh, it's that ends that question. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kandra, is that PVC? Is that what you call that, this coat? Um, that's PVC is mostly referred to for piping. Um, it'd oh. be vinyl or like we're learning. Um, yeah, PVC is usually like a thicker kind of plastic, where like vinyl or um, mostly it's referred to now as like yeah, vinyl or. My thought is always those awful 1950s seat covers that are just like basically sandwich bags, just wrapping a couch. <laughs> if you happen to jump into one of those old cars after you've been in the pool and you're in your, your swimming tail, it can pull off your skin. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Horrific image for everyone. <laughs> Speaking of Harry's jacket, I actually had a jacket like that when I was oh, 15 bragging years old. Again. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> and, and I can't say it was my choice. To get it. <laughs> wow. When, when I was 15, I had a great aunt. No, I was 14. Great aunt died. And the morning of the funeral, like the funeral's in the afternoon, my mum said to my dad, oh, go off and get, help him get a suit jacket. And so dad takes me off who, you know, to the store. Tara Cash? Uh, Tara Cash. No, it wasn't. Uh, I think it was Bob Stewart's or Q or something <laughs> like that. And um, anyway, I come back with this whole brownie tweed thing and my mum just looked at him, you're a fucking idiot. Um, this woman who never swore was just disgusted at the 70s jacket in 1990s, whatever. Um, oh, God. Do you remember trying it on and what the what the shop attendant said? Were they like, you look amazing. I've got a vinyl one you can try on after. <laughs> a green vinyl jacket. <laughs> I'm trying to recall. It's just, oh, we've just got to go. We've got to go to a funeral. So oh, clearly, there hadn't been a, a wedding or a funeral for several years because I was suit jacketless. But I had, uh, yeah, brown tweed like that. So Whatever I- it is, she looks pretty good, Lynn Edgerton. Um, a quick IMDb search, Kandra says that she was on a rawhide episode. So it's quite probable that Clint maybe had a liaison with her. Just oh, saying, just saying. Just saying. Joel Edgerton's sister, I believe. <laughs> She's kind of his type, really. So, so that. Sondra Locke. Well, they were sorts of ladies that he was, was with at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? So- Sondra Locke kind of looks like that. She's a bit more willowy looking, though. Do you think she's a good actress, Bartek? I think she is, John. <laughs> <laughs> Great inflection. <laughs> I, I, I was copying someone I'm really impressed by, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to mimic. Mimicry is flattery. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. Kandra. Do you think Harry would have disclosed this much? 
Do you think Harry would have disclosed this much information if he knew that he probably would never see Chico and his wife again? Is he revealing to... Like, normally he'd not even engage in this small talk with a woman, do you think? No, I don't think so at all. I think he he's playing the situation, knowing knowing his years as a cop and knowing how he has to kind of appease and kind of settle them down a bit and just saying what they need to hear more than anything, even if he doesn't believe it. Do you think the line, this is no life for you, can you see Schwarzenegger saying that sort of a line, Kandra? This is no life for you. This is no life for you. you I'm just going to do it. Thank you, Arnold. What about Stallone? (laughs) This is no life for you. But Kandra, do do you think Harry would ever admit to not knowing in any other conversation in his life? Like he goes, I don't know. I really don't. Is that is that an expression of vulnerability? This scene for him, would he ever admit that he? No, no. I I, th- I think he's completely lying here, and he's just trying to show off in a way, and somehow try and be a good person and seem above everyone else, and in, in a very like weird, convoluted way, and that he can still detach himself from what he's saying in the moment, and he can still be that kind of cop like figure. I don't think he's actually at any face value here. In the sequel, uh, The Enforcer, he's asked this question again by a black militant and he he must have had time to practice his answer because his response is just, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Which I'm assuming is, you know, I'm for the little guy, man. I'm just protecting the little guy. (laughs) I've got a nice quote for everyone. Harry claims that he doesn't know why he carries a badge, but we know the answer each time Harry visits a crime scene with a heavy heart or questions the mediocrity and idiocy that emanates from City Hall. Oh, I thought he carried the badge because he's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> that would make more sense. Kandra, how do you feel about the American accent being portrayed here? Do you love it? Is it spot on? I mean, you got me there, so... <laughs> it was great, really, really great. Yeah. So great, so great. <laughs> wow. Uh, is there any, are there any similarities between Fan Fa- Fantastic Fox and Dirty Harry that you can pinpoint? You know, you know, I've been thinking about it and I was talking about it with my co-host, my brother of Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute. And we were thinking Dirty Harry would be what Fantastic Mr. Fox is <laughs> if it was told from Farmer Bean's perspective, where you've got this kind of gruff, grisly kind of character who thinks he's doing good and doing right by <laughs> pursuing this ne'er-do-well. And we just, the more we were talking about it, it was just like, Bean basically is clean, uh, Clint Eastwood, which is both funny and slightly unnerving for me thinking about it um, in, my, in the context of my film, um, just because Bean is so horrendous. I've never heard Scorpio called a ne'er-do-well, though. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing that I think very much ties into this minute is the bringing up of spousal abuse. Yeah. Which is just this very odd thing that it just happens to appear in very obvious terms in my movie, uh, in which Felicity attacks Mr. Fox at one point. And then Scorpio, in this minute we're actually going to be talking about, uh, brings it up. So that was the stuff that kind of came readily to mind. How many times do you think you've watched Fantastic Mr. Fox now? Oh, God. 
Um, seeing as it was my favorite movie before I did this movie. Oh, it was your favorite movie? Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, my brother and I, it's like our top movie, both of us. Um, We somehow managed to agree on one thing in life, and that was this movie, (laughs) so... It's pretty good. Like I remember like for like media studies and stuff, like I did Blade Runner and I loved Blade Runner before I started media studies, but then like all of the analyzing and everything and because you're doing every minute and every scene, (laughs) you start to go, I don't care about anything anymore. Not, not, that's not always the attitude. But, I uh, actually didn't do that, but I also don't care about anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's called depression. Look it up. (laughs) So I've kind of, I'm kind of all over the map when it comes to movies, but Fantastic Mr. Fox takes the cake for me. It does wrap in that animation that I love and just the sharp wit that I think growing up on Monty Python just instilled in me. (laughs) I've never seen it. You never seen it? It gets like, I love um, Wes Anderson and, Mm. um, and a little while ago when I saw the Grand Budapest Hotel um, in the cinema, there's a comedian in Australia that this won't make sense for you, but I met Kandra, but when, when after it was all over, um, Wes Anderson's name came up on screen as it does in films. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But anyway, a director, director usually comes up. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, it came up directed by Wes Anderson and a lady out the back went, I usually like Will Anderson, but this wasn't for me. And I went, what? Kandra, he's a local comedian, Will Anderson. Just, he's a very Australian comedian. And it was just like, he did not make that film, but I'm so glad that that lady went away from that going, I like Dave Hughes only now. Yeah. <laughs> now, Kandra, I, I think Will Anderson would love some of the, the uniforms in this. He'd love some of the clothing and wardrobe, I think, don't you think? Where's Anderson? Where's Anderson? Where's Anderson? Anderson? Sorry. Yes. Asking her about a comedian she's never heard of. <laughs> you think Will Anderson would like this? I don't know him. Um, probably. Um, <laughs> Where's Anderson would like the clothing? Mr. Fox also rocks the tweed, so I feel like he, Mis- uh, Mr. Fox isn't far from uh, the wardrobe in this movie. So. And like uh, Fantastic Fox has got one fat, one short, and one lean, and the fat's Linguini Man. Uh, the short one, I guess, is Chico, and the lean one is Harry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bunce is always going to be Harry for me now, and it's this weird, weird thing I've got in my brain. Now, we had some fan fiction about this movie, oh. Sam. Ooh. What does everyone think of the idea that Harry's dad was a cop and possibly the chief. Oh, I thought it was going to be like sexy. Yeah, I was, I was hoping for something <laughs> like, real sexy. Harry's dad is a cop and he fucks him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase, shall we? <laughs> you brought Ray on the podcast. I mean, it's going to come up at some point. Kandra, <laughs> do you think uh, the chief is Harry's um, dad in your heart of hearts? Well, I just... If he's not the current chief, he was a chief at one point. Just I know a few cops and I know that like cop families are a thing and it passes down from generation to generation. And Harry is just a family cop kind of guy. Like it makes sense to me. And Bartek, another theory we had was Harry goes. Another theory. We, so you wrote the fan fiction? <laughs> yeah. We, we have the power to create canon here. Right. <laughs> Other podcasts, Kandra, maybe don't enjoy that liberty, but we do. The theory is. Yes. Harry just says a drunk crossed the center line. Could it have been Harry? And his act of penance was to, after he killed his wife in a drunk driving accident, was to join the force to atone for his, his, um, his bad doing. No, but Ooh. she never got used to it. So he was already a cop. 
Oh, yeah. Sorry. Blew that wide open. Next. (laughs) Next theory. Slam down. Next one. (laughs) Also, it doesn't seem like men uh, care much about killing women in this movie. So (laughs) I think he'd be like, oh, no, whoops. (laughs) I slipped. I slipped. There's um, something quite amazing, though, about fan fiction, like people who fans who, who write it and, and mm. imagine this whole world and kind of want to take it away from that. I think it'd be really interesting to look really deep into that and see what sort of what sort of fan fiction is written about. Because I wonder, if there, is there fan, fantastic Mr. Fox fan fiction? A hundred percent there would be. You reckon? Have you looked into that at all, Kendra? I'm sure there is. I haven't come across any. I've just seen a lot of cosplay. <laughs> yeah, right. If you need content, look it up. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking up fantastic Mr. Fox porn right now. No, God. <laughs> I, I've actually seen some really cute kid like cosplay of Ash in his little white um, white fox outfit, and it's really sweet. Like whole family, he like dress up for Halloween kind of thing. Yeah. It's better than the porn that Ree was coming up with. <laughs> fantastic Mr. Fox. It's what you, with um with Fantastic Mr. Fox. So I feel like because people do get into that Wes Wes uh, Anderson world. I mean, it'd kind of be amazing to see some of the stuff that people come up with. Yeah. Like for this, was there any more that you found about like there were spin-off this? novelizations? Oh wow! Yeah, I haven't read any of them yet. Trend of you? No, we've got them on order, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, obviously there's four sequels that um, don't really develop any backstory meaningfully, do they, Trent? No, no but that, those novels, they were published uh, almost a decade later, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, that's right, like, yeah. After this, so more around sudden impact time. And- yeah. I wouldn't even call it Expanded Universe. No. Were they written by Bryce Courtney? <laughs> Bryce Courtney or uh, Thomas Keneally. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Jeffrey well, I think Archer. we can go past these brick minutes, Kundra. I've made the, the obligatory um, Ben Folds 5 and I'm drowning slowly joke um, what did everyone think about the the next scene uh, Scorpio hobbling in the dark San Francisco night now Reed do you do you like Dirty Harry have you seen this movie <laughs> I watched it for the first time 14 hours 14 ago. hours ago wow pretty cool <laughs> and I yeah I really liked it I think Scorpio is a little rat cunt um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think he's a dumb bitch. <laughs> he knows his rights. A lot of opinions on him. Yeah, he, yeah, I hate him. I actually hate him more than I like Callahan. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I just think he's so stupid. <laughs> and, like, he's such a little... Like, he's such a little bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that, it's that typical, like, uh serial killer or like murderer kind of thing it's like who can dish it out but but can't take it yeah he's not one of the hot killers no (laughs) i love me a killer who's real smooth and chill about everything um, i just think at the root of it he's a he's a dumb dork yeah yeah i mean like i Mm. think that's that's the best way i think he's a fucking loser (laughs) because villains got cooler as like as films went on i reckon villains got cooler yeah he's like a freak it's weird the way he was portrayed in this i think Really over the top, really dramatic and campy, which I which I also liked. Though. Yeah, um, I I just think it's so 
weird for someone that's meant to be so scary and threatening in this. The, just the way they film it and everything, he seems he's got that creepy element, but it's not really sort of an imposing figure or scary. And the way he's beaten up and everything as well, yeah, it sort of it doesn't really it doesn't really scare you. It's not like he's really confronting or anything. It's just yeah. like I feel like yeah. I could take him down. I, you could definitely take him. No, down. I would have no problem just and you putting, fight dirty, putting sky dirty, yeah. putting Scorpio in a headlock and clawing his eyes out. <laughs> this is shortly after he hires the guy to beat him up, right? Yeah, yeah. he's just got a small band aid across. His nose, yeah, that's it. Had <laughs> a limp. Did that annoy you, Kundra? He should have permanent sort of disfigurement, and here he's just, oh, he's all right. No, he's the kind of person that, not to judge people by their looks, but I would definitely cross the street if I were to see him, yeah. kind of thing, and be like, no, I don't need to be anywhere near you. Thank you very much. Bye. Cross the street to say, where did you get that cardigan? Yeah. Are they Nordstroms? Uh, you- I'm really glad you can't see into this room right now. It'd be, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to San Francisco, Kandra? I actually have. Um, I was a lot younger, though. I was um, eight years old, so I vaguely remember it. Uh, but Did you get killed by any serial killers while you were there? <laughs> no, I wasn't, thank God. That's good. Um, but <laughs> I think something that San Francisco's undergone some dramatic transformations in the last 20... 20- 30 years that I don't think the San Francisco that um, Harry lives in is quite the same of what's there now. So this is definitely before the 1989 earthquake because Scorpio is sort of, he's under a bridge that used to be a whole freeway that went over the Embarcadero and after the earthquake, it fell down. They never replaced it. So I imagine back then it was even seedier than it is right now. Mm. It's a lovely part that all your tourists like myself were just walking down to get to Fisherman's Wharf. Back then, it was a bit seedier and darker. What did you think of the liquor scene, Bartek? Little two-man play? <laughs> yeah, it it's definitely one of the more interesting scenes with Scorpio Killer here. Because, yeah, he's he's putting on this kind of facade that he's just a normal guy. And Kandra, in the US, do all liquor store proprietors have bow ties? That's a thing? No. Um, no not after that the might earthquake. Be- that that area or that individual i know right where around where i live um it's actually state-owned liquor store so they have uniforms kind of like the polo khaki kind of deal kind of like a walmart or something like that so wait kandra state owned yeah socialist (laughs) no (laughs) here is your allotted alcohol for the week thank you for living in the united states of communist america (laughs) No, it allows them to tax it a little. It it allows for more controlled taxing, I guess, and allows the state to earn some income through that. I think Harry would appreciate that control. Would you, anyone here, would you ID Scorpio? Does he clearly look 21? Yeah, I'd ID him for being a little bitch. (laughs) That's what his ID would say. He's got got a bandage covering his nose, so he's hiding something. (laughs) Better to check what year he was born. (laughs) That's what I used to do when I was 13, buying cigarettes. Just put like a a bandage over my nose. And pretend you've been severely beaten. (laughs) Is it confirmed in this film that he is a Scorpio? Never. He's got the Scorpio belt. The ID Mm. would tell us if he's a Scorpio. Yeah. see that ID. Yeah. Now, Dee, are you are you up on your local knowledge about your community as much as Scorpio is? <laughs> he knows that the guy's been held up all these times. Pretty pretty knowledgeable for a groundskeeping serial killer, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for him. You want to know the place that's going to be most vulnerable. It's easiest to attack. 
You're just picking your weakest target. I I don't know. It doesn't seem too difficult. I I know nothing about my local hold up hold ups in my local <laughs> suburb. <laughs> I think if they made this movie today, they might have a reverse where the, the liquor store proprietor identifies him. He goes, hey, weren't you, weren't you stitched up for the Anne Mary Deacon murder? <laughs> It'll be the reverse, maybe. Is it public knowledge that he's the suspect for that murder? Yeah. Well, it's in the TV. Yeah, they and had the press, yeah, they had the press conference when right. he was being wheeled in. Callahan, pick up. Um, as he's being wheeled in. and um, I, know that, I know that that happened, but did they know why he was stitched up and all that? Well, well they, they tried to link me with the Anne Mary Deacon murder. Excuse oh, the accent indeed. again. Yes. But, um, yeah. <laughs> All the back. evidence was admissible because they entered the mm. property without a search warrant. But um, I, I think it's so whack how he's like, oh, what happened to you? And he's like, oh, I hit my wife and then her brother hit me. Yeah. And the guy's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I was like, what the? <laughs> he's like, oh, you seem fun. He's like, you seem like a cool, fun guy. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some more drink in you. You're yeah, great. You obviously need more to drink. Yeah. But then I was still sad. Yeah. Well, this, this when like the old man gets hit. This film yeah. from 1971, correct? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I looked up a thing about domestic violence in preparation for this minute, oh. in a in an effort to make myself look smart, and I found out that um, the term domestic violence didn't even, you know, wasn't even a thing until 1973. So it shows a little bit of aging in this film. A here. little bit, yeah, a tiny little shows bit. A, <laughs> shows a bit of the times. The the women's movement started in the 70s, so. Clearly, this is this is a bit before that. But isn't the whole point of lying to like present yourself in a better light? But that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> it's so whack that <laughs> that that excuse is acceptable and fine. Like that's mm. the whack thing about yeah. it is that to avoid suspicion, he he confesses to he beating his up. wife instead of. <laughs> Tell me about it, kid. Maybe it was his attempt at little bitch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he recognised another little bitch behind the counter there. <laughs> so, oh, I've been there, son. I know a little bitch when I see one. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for a guy that's been robbed, what was it, 14 times, he does smirk in response. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of proud. There are a lot of convenience stores in Clint Eastwood movies. There's Bloodwork, Mystic River, True Crime, but I've never seen Seagrams or Seagrams. Kinda of you, are you familiar with that alcohol in the US of A? Seagrams? I actually I actually had to look it up. It's apparently a Canadian whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um didn't seem like anything super fancy or anything, and based on the price that they give in the movie i'm gonna guess even then it's not like a necessarily nice whiskey but it it might just be something cheap and easy to get for people that just need a drink but i hadn't heard of it before i think i read that in the 70s whiskeys were more popular but then as the two decades went on it became less popular Hmm. i've just been looking up this actor because we haven't spoken about any of the actors on screen for a while. Oh, yes. James Nolan, James right? James Nolan. So the proprietor? Yeah, the pro- liquor store proprietor. Uh, and Christopher re- Nolan's sister. And yeah. a real cutie. <laughs> he is a real cutie. He's a real cutie. I want him to yeah. be like my my grandpa. He'll give you a smirk. <laughs> <laughs> my granddaddy. Oh, your granddaddy with his nice bow tie. Oh, that yeah. vest as well. Yeah. He looks good. But, uh, yeah, he, I think... It's hard to tell what his most high-profile roles were. He had 150 credits as an actor. Wow. Played Rum Tum Tugger in Cats all, in all of them. <laughs> Daddy. He was in a few Siegel movies, wasn't he? Do, he Don Siegel, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, he's in Brannigan. Not Brannigan, Madigan. Madigan. I always get those two. <laughs> and also the next one, Charlie Varick, where I think he plays another clerk I dealing so. with uh, Andy. A, a lot of TV guest parts here and there. Yeah, Charlie Varick as clerk, as clerk. Jim Nolan. Um, he's in 
nine episodes of the FBI, a TV show, over seven years where he plays nine different roles. Over seven years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And different roles. Yeah, <laughs> nine different parts. What's so that salary like? <laughs> building supervisor, New York State policeman, bartender, sprawl, sheriff, neighbor, security guard, lover, shifter, hogan. Organic chef. <laughs> Every time I hear the word bartender, I think someone's going to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he did a lot of, you know, the fugitive and things like that. When I look up a lot of the, the smaller part actors in this with speaking lines, I try to work out how many of their... Uh, Credits are based in San Francisco to see how many local actors they employ. Oh, clever! But, Jim um, Carrey's in the second one, isn't he? He's in the fifth, fifth one. Yeah. Fifth one. But the um. That's a good get. That's a good that's a get. Yeah, very close. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it looks like most of his work was out of LA at the time. So going by all his guest appearances, but he's a San Fran native. So there you wow. go. Beautiful. That's stunning. It's a beautiful story. Born in San Fran, died in Woodla- Woodlands. He's dead. He, he died of lung cancer. Oh, God. Yeah, I was trying to see if he was... You're supposed to drink the cigarettes, not smoke, smoke it. it. I was trying to see if he was smoking a durry in this scene, but I don't seem to remember <laughs> there you go. if that was I'm the stressed case. now. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, fortunately, we get to talk about him in the next minute. That's all I've really got to say about this minute. Anyone else? I suppose one last thing. You know, does it happen to anyone where your, your parents told you a joke that was on a bit of the racist or sexist side as a kid and it was just drilled into your head? And it's not funny. You know it's bad now. But for a long time, I was always quoting this line, he hit me several times. And I don't like to laugh at spousal abuse, but I'm trying not to. I always used to quote Andy Robinson this line. Trey. Well, you, uh, I mean, not More to context. defend. I mean, you, you were taking the piss out of his delivery of the line. Yeah. Not, not the context. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you like his delivery of the line, Kundra? He hit me several times. <laughs> I mean, I think he's overplaying it. And I think it maybe works for at least trying to get the clerk to buy it, but mm. he's just so creepy. Even like the way he scrunches his face, it's too much. Yeah, it is he's too, much. too much. I don't like it. <laughs> Here's a question. Does he strike you as the drinking type? Do you reckon he likes being out of control and intoxicated? Do you think he's really drinking it? Or just chucks in the bin as soon as he's got his... He strikes me as a little bitch type. <laughs> <laughs> well, little bitches don't drink, do they? Not at all. No. Mm-hmm. Not allowed legally. <laughs> <laughs> little the bitch, the little you can drink. The keyword's little, yes. <laughs> well, Kandra, many thanks for joining us for this minute. Do you have any final observations? Uh, no, I don't. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you, Kandra. You're the best, Kandra. Well, you. we'll try and persuade you <laughs> off air to be in another minute. I know you've been with us for a long time, but um, Bartek, you'll join us for another minute? If I have time, yes. Uh, re. Oh my god. Sam. <laughs> Trentos? Yep. We'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Minute. Yeah. <laughs> Minute. Clint Eastwood has had a remarkable career. Younger audiences might know him best as the old guy who unsuccessfully tried to do sketch comedy with an empty chair at the Republican convention. Or maybe you've seen some of his recent movies where you can barely see the action on the screen between all the waving flags. But Clint Eastwood was for decades a blow the bad guys away after delivering a badass line of dialogue all capital letters movie star. I mean, he was not a versatile actor. He squinted and talked through his teeth, and very rarely the squint would turn into a smirk. But that's the kind of acting that leaves a lot to the viewer. 
and we lovingly filled him with all kinds of depth and motivation because we are lonely and didn't know our fathers and want someone capable to occasionally throw their serape over their shoulder, hug us, and then shoot ten guys. I didn't like him as a kid back when I was supposed to have bonded with him because my parents were liberal snobs who scoffed at spaghetti westerns and because Time Magazine had all these hand-wringing articles about how Dirty Harry was glamorizing violence and vigilantism and I was only 11 years old and no one had even explained to me that Time Magazine was also problematic and that you can't believe in anything and everyone is racist and her emails though. I went to see Every Which Way But Loose, where Clint played a truck driver whose best friend was an orangutan named Clyde, and even at that tender age, I recognized it as the Diet Right Cola of Smokey and the Bandit clones, and I wanted no part of it.